0: We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Moving Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy His word. Asking them to be ready to work. Now, if they don't look right, move. You don't want to sit next to them. Um, by show hands. Um, who knows what a disciple is? Raise it high once you, when you, if you know what a disciple is. Keep it high. Don't be nervous. I'm not going to tell you to say anything. <laughs> okay, so we got about 40 50%. Um, <clears throat> if we could have an honest moment, um, that word disciple um, is um, a word that's bounced around in church, right? I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a Christianese word that we really only hear. In church settings, yeah, agreed. I mean, you don't go to to work and hear about a disciple, right? Um, But if we're honest, and we're going to have an honest moment today, if we're honest, that word disciple, based upon your understanding, doesn't really apply to what we do in the 21st century. Doesn't apply to my Christian walk. I don't think of myself as a disciple when I think about the disciples because the disciple was one of those 12 dudes that walked around with Jesus in the New Testament. Yes. Don't act like you, do because we can get into it. And and, and yes, to some degree, right? I mean, when you think about scripture, you can go into the book of Luke, and there was one time that Jesus deployed 70 or 72 disciples, depending on the manuscript you pull it from. um, He deployed 70 or 72 disciples to go preach the gospel in a certain region. But outside of that, basically, for the most part yeah, it was people who followed Jesus around in the New Testament until he died. He was buried and was resurrected. It was was in his resurrection, while he walked the face of this earth, it was in his resurrection where he changed the limitations and the definition of what a disciple was to be until the ends of the earth. Let's read it in Matthew 28. Are you there? Did you just lie? Matthew 28. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age." Just before Jesus ascends back into heaven to be with the Father, he has one more, um, I would say, board meeting with the 11, right? Um, Because Judas is gone. Um, He's no longer down with the 12. Um, And Jesus gives them this command that was to be carried out until the ends of the earth to go make disciples of all nations. That final command... Um, is extremely important because it changes the application of disciple for us in the 21st century. Because Jesus said those words, he changes the application for us in the 21st century. He says, I want you, my disciples, he's talking to the 11 who have been with him, you, my disciples, I want you to go out and make more disciples. I want you to reproduce in others what I produced in you. And I want them to reproduce what you produced in them. And I want to create this cycle of reproduction of disciples. I want to keep re- reproducing these cycles until the ends of the earth. So watch this now. At some point, somewhere, you and I should be the disciple making more disciples. Yeah? Disciple making is, is, is the riverbed of the church. It is the heartbeat of the church. It is the mission of the church. And the problem we have is that dis- disciples in the church have become extinct. They don't really exist anymore. And the reason why is because the church has gotten distracted. We do know that the mission of the church is, is not the number of people who sits in the seats on a Sunday morning. It, it, it is not how much a person, that's, the mission of a church is not to make sure that you give the church all of your money, but what, regardless of what you believe and what you understand about a church, that's not the mission of a church. I'll blow your mind right now. It is not the mission of a church to make sure that we have people giving their life on a Sunday morning. You know what the mission of a church is? To make disciples. So watch. Watch. Let's see what a disciple is. I'll give you a definition. Y'all know me, right? You can throw it up there. Oh, you beat me to a good job. Yeah. <laughs> a disciple is a person who intimately, I want you to have this. If you've got to take a picture, do what you've got to do. A person who intimately follows Jesus, intentionally learns from Jesus with the primary goal of being like Jesus and doing what Jesus did. Emil, can you mute whatever that is? I don't know what's open. Let me read it again. Y'all got it? That's one person. We're struggling. I'll read it again. A person who intimately follows Jesus, intentionally learns from Jesus, with the primary goal of being like Jesus and doing what Jesus did. <coughs> I see a couple taking pictures. Still, That's good. Now, based upon that, that that definition, pay attention now because we're going somewhere with this. Based upon that definition, would you identify yourself as a disciple? Got a couple people. But if we're honest, say, can't say, be honest. There's a little hesitation. There's a little uncertainty because. If I asked you, watch this now, if I asked you if you identified yourself as a Christian, you would shoot your hand up. Yes, sir, pastor, I'm a Christian. Right? But there's hesitation when it comes to me asking you if you identify as a disciple because we know that a disciple means more. We know that a disciple goes deeper. We know that there's a greater call and a cost to be a disciple. So that hesitation, listen to me, you and this is the reason why we're having this entire series, that hesitation that was in your spirit when I asked you, do you identify as a disciple, is my concern for you as a pastor. I am concerned that you will never identify yourself as a disciple. You'll never make the decision to go deeper, to make the commitment to be a disciple, to be what what Jesus has commanded us to be, the church to be. I am concerned about that. That we'll never make the decision to become a disciple. Here's the funny thing. If you look in scripture, the word Christian is mentioned three times. Out of 66 books in, 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 in the Bible, the word Christian is mentioned three times, but the word disciple is mentioned 281 times. I only bring that up because I want you to understand that God is making a point that I want disciples. He didn't ask for Christians. <laughs> he didn't ask for supporters. He didn't ask for attendees. He says, I want my church to make Disciples. That's what this whole series is about. So let's work. Yes? Let's go to uh, verse 19. And 19. You still there? Beautiful. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Point number one. Uh, is the phrase, a disciple is made. Say that with me, a disciple, disciple. is made. Is made. <laughs> Contrary to what you may have believed, um, there are no prequalifications to be a disciple. Um, there is no sacred background to be a disciple because Jesus tells us that a disciple has to be made. A disciple doesn't know that he's a disciple or she's a disciple. They don't even really know what a disciple is. They don't even act like a disciple because Jesus says that a disciple has to be made. In Matthew's gospel, um, he writes and, and, and gives us the detail of when Jesus called him to be a disciple. It's one of the best stories in, 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 in all, of, all of the scripture, and I want to read it for you. That's Matthew 9.9. 9. You don't have to turn here. I'm just going to read it for you. Matthew 9.9 9 says this. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Let's pause for one second, and I got to give you some background on Matthew and the fact that he's a tax collector. A tax collector was the worst type of person that you could be in that community. For the lack of a better term, you were like the scum of the earth. You were like the, the, the least of the least. You were terrible. You were horrendous. No one liked you because you were getting rich off the backs of your people. Tax collectors would stand between the, the, the Roman government and the Jewish people, and, and they were to levy these taxes. But at the same time, they would put a little extra in there for themselves. And even though their people were oppressed and they were you know b- b- being marginalized, the tax collector would earn for himself even though he was a Jew. So nobody in the Jewish community liked the tax collector. All right, let's understand who he is. So let's go back. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, why does your teacher eat with the tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus walks up to Matthew. As Matthew is still the Matthew taking taxes. Nothing has changed. Matthew is in the middle of his mess doing what he wants to do. He walks, Jesus walks up to Matthew while he is still Matthew, the tax collector, and says, Yo, I want you to follow me. I want you to be my disciple. Now, Matthew hadn't gone to seminary. Matthew hadn't gone through the deacon's class. And I would almost bet that Matthew had no idea who Jesus truly was. But yet and still, Jesus walks up to him and says, I want you, Matthew. To be my disciple, Jesus will ask you to follow even though you don't think you're ready. Jesus will ask you to follow even though it doesn't look like you're ready. We determine in ourselves that we got to put down this baggage before we follow Jesus. But Jesus never addresses the baggage that's along with Matthew. He says, Matthew, I want you to follow. And as a matter of fact, I want you to bring your baggage with you. We make the excuse to say, I'm not ready yet. I'm not, I I, I don't know if I can come to Jesus yet. I don't know if I, I can give my life to Jesus yet because I'm dealing with all these things. And God is saying, listen to me, if you would just follow me, I'll form you. If you just follow me, I'll form you. If you trust me enough to put your life in my hands and follow me, I will form you into the person that I'm calling you to be. I will form you into a worshiper. I will form you into a praiser. I will form you into someone who can be a disciple for me because if you follow me and trust me, I'll form it. I'll go a step forth, further. If you follow me, I'll form you into the father that you need to be. If you follow me, I'll form you into the husband that you need to be. If you follow me, I'll form you with the details that you got to have in order to get that job. Yes. Somebody shout, follow me. Follow me. Yes. Stop trying to put down your baggage first and just follow. Just blindly follow. Because if you, if you put it in his hands, he'll form it. Okay. My mind goes to, Jesus had been preaching. He was preaching a good one, kind of like I'm doing today. He's preaching a good one. And um, the disciples come to him and say, well, Jesus, you're done preaching, but all these people out here hungry. Jesus says, "Um, okay, well, what you got? They said, well, Jesus, we got two fish, five loaves of bread. Bring it to me. They put it into Jesus' hand, something that was not enough, something that could not meet the current need. Jesus breaks it, he forms it, and it meets the need. If you are willing to put your life in Jesus' hand, he might have to break it. But in him breaking, he's forming so you can meet the need. Listen to me, y'all. I've told y'all this, I've told y'all this many times. I am not the man that you see, I was not the man that you see standing up here today. I had to say, I'm willing to follow. And I gave him my life and I put it in his hands. So he had to break me a little bit. And he formed me. So then, watch this. He taught me how to love the woman that he had already placed in my life. Oh gosh, I'm teaching so good. He had a, he, he taught me how to love the woman that he had already placed in my life. And I didn't know how to love her. I admittedly I did not know how to love her. But when I decided, Lord, my life is yours and I'm willing to follow, he says, okay, I'll form you into the husband that you need to be. Yeah. Yeah. But you gotta follow. Listen to me. Oh gosh, husbands are made, wives are made. Leaders are made. Do you hear what I'm saying? When you put your hand, I mean, when you put your life in the hands of Jesus, he will form you. But you got to trust him enough to follow. Somebody shall follow. Let's get more. Point number two, write this down. A disciple is a follower. Say that with me. A disciple, a disciple. Is, a is a follower. A disciple is a person who has decided that following Jesus takes precedence over everything else. That Jesus is the priority over everything else. So now I'm about to lose. I'm losing some of y'all when I say like, well. Pastor Wands, oh, I got dreams, aspirations, I got goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 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 did a, we did a financial class yesterday of investing, so we care about all those things. I'm not saying that the career isn't important. I'm not saying that, the, that, that building the new house isn't important. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that your social life isn't important. All of those things have a priority, but the main priority, the, the priority and the main objective is making sure that I follow Jesus. In biblical days, one of the greatest compliments that you you could give to a disciple was to tell him that the dust of your rabbi is all over you, that the dust of your teacher is all over you. That meant that you were following so closely, that you were being so intimate, that whatever he stepped in got all over you. Ask your neighbor, are you following is what Jesus stepped in 2,000 years ago getting all over you? Is his, is his compassion all over you? Is, is the way that he loved all over you? Is his concern for the kingdom all over you? Because if it's not, then you're not following. It is impossible for you to follow someone and not be like that person. So <laughs> my family's going to laugh because they know the detail on this. But I played football in college. It's pretty decent. It wasn't amazing, but I was decent. And um, coached football, all this other stuff. But I don't really watch football like that. Like, I'm not really into it. I'm into like intricacies. I like to see a good matchup and that kind of stuff. But I don't watch football. And I don't follow teams. Played for UCF, born and raised in Syracuse, New York, and I don't look at either of those teams. I love them. I mean, they were significant to me, but I just don't watch them. In December, I took a liking to Deion Sanders and him going to Colorado. No, it's like, listen to me, y'all. I don't do the whole like looking at YouTube stuff, but every day I'm waiting for a new video (laughs) to post. I need to see what's happening in the, in, in, in the locker room and, and what moves are being made and you know, who, who, who's up on the depth chart because, because I like, here's my thing and this is, this is the weird thing about me. I don't care what arena you're in, if you dominate that arena and if you dope at it, I just want to know how you got there. I just like, just let me see. I just want to understand. So I want to know how he thinks. Listen to me, y'all. I have been, I have been stalking <laughs> Colorado football. No, legit, like, leg- legitly stalking Colorado football. Like, anything they post, I mean, on my way to work, I'm flipping up my phone, about to get in an accident, trying to watch these videos. I just got to know who's up next. So this thing has been culminating to this past Saturday. They play the team that played in the national championship their first game out, and everybody is doubting Dion. Dion's a mess, he don't know what he's doing, and this, that, and all these boys came from HBCUs, and they're no good, and blah, 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 so I told the people around me, this dude's going to win. You remember what I said? This dude is about to shock the world. So in the game, I'm watching the game, and I get home to watch the game, and I'm looking, and uh, they were up, I think at like 14, uh, 14 to 6 or something like that at the time, I don't know, but the game got close like in the second half. They were down, and uh, <laughs> so they come back, and they score, I said, yo. We just got up. We just scored. Because you can't help but to be part of and act like the things that you follow. You can't sit here and tell me that you're following Jesus and your life looks nothing like him. You can't help but to be like the things that you follow. And it really doesn't come out until it gets real, right? Because I was like a distant follower until, you know, until the game come. But when it got close, I'm like, we walk, we won again. We're here. We're back. <laughs> but what that looks like when you, in your walk with Christ, when you call yourself a follower, when it gets real, you step away. You don't pick him over that. But you call yourself a follower. Let me stop. I don't want to put anything on you that that you didn't say. You identify yourself as a Christian, but we understand that Christian really doesn't care a whole lot of merit in this in in this day and age, because there's a spectrum of Christians out there. Because a Christian, oh gosh, I'm I'm gonna get off this at that point. But but but, identifying yourself as a Christian, all, all it says is I'm not a Muslim. I'm, I'm, I'm not this religion. I identify with this group of people. Right. Just because you identify with a group of people doesn't mean that you follow Jesus. Right. Right. That is the difference, and that is the delta between being a disciple and calling yourself a Christian. Mm-hmm. Christians only mentioned three times in Scripture. And the first time you hear it, it was a derogatory term. Right. Listen to me. Oh, Pastor Wilson, don't call ourselves a Christian. No, I'm not saying that. Of course I'm a Christian. But what I understand about my relationship with God is that he wants more from me. He's calling me to be a disciple. He's calling me to, to make disciples. We're going to talk about discipleship next week, and I'm going to make sure I stay away from it because I just want to sting into what it means to be a disciple. Because all of this stuff is about discipleship. And I was about to start telling you what discipleship is, but I'm not going to do it. Let's get this last point. Are y'all learning anything? last point is, write this phrase down. A disciple is a learner. (coughs) Say that with me. A disciple Disciple. is a learner. learner. The Greek translation of the word disciple uh, means to be a student, a pupil, or a learner. A disciple, hear me on this, y'all. A disciple just doesn't want information about Jesus. A disciple wants to learn from Jesus so they can be like Jesus. I'll say that again. A disciple just doesn't want information about Jesus. They don't care. I mean, information is maybe the means, but they want to learn from Jesus so they can be like Jesus. Do you remember the narrative uh, when Jesus goes to the house of uh, Mary and Martha? And uh, Martha decides that she's okay with just being in the, in the, in the presence of Jesus, but, 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 but Mary takes the posture of a disciple, and she sits at the feet of Jesus to learn. You remember that? Yeah. And then Martha gets all upset, like, Jesus, yo, she's not going to help me with all this stuff we got to do. You know what I'm saying? What's she doing, Jesus? And Jesus is like, hold on. Pump your brakes. Watch what he says to her. I'm going to read it for you. Luke 10, 41. Martha. Martha. I always think he says it like that in my mind. If Jesus was talking to Martha, Martha, (laughs) the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen, listen to this, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Give that last piece again. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. From her. Now, I want you to sit and pay attention because I don't want to have to go back to John 1-1 and try to explain all this stuff to you. Yes? If I do, I'm just gonna extend the time and y'all know how y'all about your time, right? Listen, the word made flesh, Jesus, the logos word of God, Jesus, shows up in the house, and Martha is okay with just being around the word. Mary gets at the feet of the word so that she can learn from the word, so she can apply it to her life. So Martha gets upset, and she's like, well, Jesus, what's what's going on? And his response is to her. He says, listen, Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Mary has chosen what is better. She's just not going to sit in my presence. She's not going to sit in the the presence of the word of God and not glean from it and not learn from it. She has chosen what is better. She sat at my feet to learn while you over here stressing out while you over here worried about everything, she's at my feet learning, and guess what he says? It will not be taken from her. What won't be taken from her, Jesus? I didn't get that. It will not be. She's just sitting at your feet, Jesus, having a conversation. You know it won't be taken from her is what she learns from Jesus. Amen. You can't take what I learn about God. You might attack it with a lie, But you can't take it if I learn it. Listen to me, y'all. A 21st century believer or a, a, a disciple understands that it is a necessity. When you come into a contact with the logos word of God, whether it be written, whether it be read, whether it be spoken, you are here to make sure that you get something from the logos word of God because you understand that the rhema word of God is what you're after. We're experiencing the Logos Word of God right now, but we are discussing God's Word right now. We are in Scripture. This is the Logos Word of God. But then there's this thing called the Rhema Word of God where God will speak directly to you about the situation you're in so that you can learn something and apply it to your life. A disciple is a learner. So, a 21st century disciple sits on the edge of their seat when Pastor Juanito's up here and says, Pastor Juanito's getting ready to say something that can change my life because I gotta learn it, because I need it. So, so that, listen to me, the enemy can't take it away. Yeah. 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 Watch. The enemy will put his hand on some of your stuff. As, as a matter of fact, you can give the enemy some of your stuff sometimes. We like to blame it on him a lot, but oftentimes we give it to the enemy. Yeah? The only reason why the enemy messes with your stuff is so that he can get to your theology. Yeah. 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 He wants to get to your understanding, your learning about God. Mm-hmm. Jesus says, listen to me, when you learn about me, he can't take it from you. He may take some of your stuff, but he can't take what you learn. Mm-hmm. A disciple, a 21st century disciple, what pastor going to say today? Yeah. I bet it. At TMC, what are they going to say to an offering? <laughs> is there going to be a rainbow word for me? Is there going to be something I can apply to my life right now, right away? Listen to me. A 21st century disciple is not okay. with coming into this atmosphere and just kind of listening to the word. They don't want to be informed. They want to learn. Here's what's the amazing thing, and I was thinking about this the other day. I was listening to one of these guys talk after the Colorado game. I think it was Shador Sanders. and he was saying, you know, do you pay attention to the crowd? I don't even hear a crowd. Yeah. I don't hear it. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just out here doing what I do. And I said, to, I don't know, I think it was Jordan or Cody asked me, like, do you pay attention to people? I don't. I don't even see y'all, really. I'm, I'm looking at you, but I really don't see you. Like, I'm just, I'm kind of going through it. But every now and again, I'll catch somebody in the crowd doing this. hmm and, mm-hmm. and I say to myself, that's a learner right there. That's somebody that's looking to be a disciple right there. Because any time that the word of God is cracked open, there is something to be learned. We showed up yesterday for an investment class. Now, I knew this guy wasn't going to talk about investments too much. But I didn't know he was going to take it where he took it. You might have showed up for an investment class, but you got blessed in your life because of what this man was saying. But check me out, everybody's in their seat. And, you know, he kind of went up the script because he wasn't talking about, you know, stocks and all this kind of stuff. But he was talking about about foundational stuff, and they were just writing this stuff down. And I'm saying to myself, Lord, I thank you for these disciples. Because 21st century disciples want to learn. Yeah, we came for investments. But the priority was this this, this biblical stuff that he's talking about that's laying down in my life that I can help me, that I can learn from. Check me out. I'm going to have you stand in a second because I'm done. The entire reason I had this conversation with you today, and I'm going to continue this conversation this week, we're going to talk about discipleship. The biggest reason or the main reason why I had this conversation with you is because when Jesus says go, this is the last command that he gives before he ascends back into heaven. Go make disciples of all nations. There's a lot of verbs around there, action verbs and all that kind of stuff. You want to talk? We gonna talk about it. You know, he says go, and he says baptize, and he says teach. But the but the main thing in that text is make disciples. If the church is not making disciples, we are failing. The church, not Pastor Wanzell. The church. Here's the reason why I say we're failing. Because after Jesus gave the command, his final command, he went back to heaven. And he didn't bring a backup plan. He didn't give us a backup plan. This is the way that we're going to engage the world. This is the way that we're going to engage souls. By disciples making disciples.